Hey guys, it's Michelle Collins. Welcome to the Michelle Collins Show. It's my show and I'm thrilled you're here. We're going to be bringing you episodes every single week with different co-hosts, the same usual nonsense, off-the-cuff humor, news, advice, pop culture. I know it's a novel concept for a podcast, but what can I say? I'm an innovator. That's what I do. You'll be getting episodes every week, but if you want to hear daily episodes, you can head over to my Patreon. That's www.patreon.com slash mishcall, M-I-C-H-C-O-L-L. I have co-hosts every single day. It's funny. It's loose. It's authentic. I do weekly episodes with my mother. If you're curious as to how someone is made this way, I highly recommend tuning into those and some video content as well, which is exciting. I'm off to contour, but I want you to enjoy this episode. It's fabulous. We adore you and we look forward to seeing you over on the Patreon. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Forever. Dog. Welcome back. It's the second half of Midnight Snack with me, Michelle Collins. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram and on Twitter at Mishcall to see all my extremely flattering selfies and pictures. By the way, no pressure. Today is my birthday and there's nobody I'd rather celebrate it with than our guest, fabulous Alex Newell. Here's part two. Because I want to ask you this. Do you think that, that dealing with that growing up has helped you now working in TV, working on Broadway, has it made you a stronger person having dealt with it at a young age, do you think? Well, I mean, dealing with bullying, yes, you can see what a microaggression is and what one is not. Also, quite literally, like, I have a tougher skin when I walk into a room and they're like, could you be more sassy? And just like, sure, why not? Wow. And like, I don't get offended. I'm just like, oh, you're just stupid. When, when they say, explain why to people who don't really get that, because I understand the nuance when they well, ask you I to mean, be more sassy. They're like, could you be more sassy is the equivalent of, could you be more black? Wow. Could you just be more black? Like, just be black. And I'm just like, so sassy equates to black. 
and sassy also, and that blackness that you're so dying to see is an, a version that's uneducated, angry, and just built off of stereotypes. And I'm just like, cool, cool, cool. Love it. Thank you so much. You can't say anything is the problem because if you say anything, then you're you, done. Yes. And think of like the, oh my God, the decade that I've been doing this. It's like, please be more sassy, be funnier, be this, be that, be this. And they're just like, so you get this uh, mindset of I'm not enough, but like being bullied, I always overcame the I'm worthy enough already. And I don't have to change for anybody else. And at the end of the day, we're playing make-believe and getting paid to play make-believe. That's such an upsetting thing to hear you say, because I know it happens probably to most every black actor when they go into an interview or an interview, an audition where they're actually being asked to play a caricature and a racist caricature. Yes. uh, A cartoon character basically versus a human being. And that's gotta be, I can't imagine. It's, it's so hard. Either we're playing the sassy best friend or we're literally bleeding out profusely. We don't get to be just normal. Yeah. We never just get to be like, Flat out, just like I just happen to be black. We have has to, to be like a thing. We have to win an Oscar. It's actually it's wild, and I, I know that this conversation is why so many people rightfully say there have to be more people of color behind the camera in the studios. When people are asking about, you know, this recent movement, which frankly, you know, should have been a movement from the day that we were born. Like, it's eons ago 20 years ago it's it's almost such a retro notion it feels so like jim crow almost to say we need to have black people as executives like how has that not already been a thing from 40 years ago that was discussed and how has hollywood specifically because that is like our industry right um not been ashamed not to already have people of all backgrounds including more women and more um asian people and all kinds of things making these choices to actually, oh God, it's so frustrating. I mean, for you, it has to be absolutely mind blowing. I can't imagine. It is quite literally, I say this, and I don't know if it's like the right thing to say about how silence is compliant. When it comes to like working in Hollywood, we've been telling the same exact stories over and over and over and over and over and over again. And they just happen to be white. Yeah. And people are just like, I'm exhausted. My best friend said, I am, if I never see another straight white man cry in my life, I'm great. And I said, true. But like Hollywood is compliant in this racism that's happening in America because they're feeding it to America. And they're saying that everybody that's not a cis white straight person, Mm -hmm. their story isn't valid and it's not there and they don't exist and nobody wants to see them. That is just crippling as having a knee on somebody's neck your life isn't valued enough for us to say that you matter i also just had this thought because i'm thinking what are the movies that have really made billions in the past few years and it's all these marvel movies and they they went from straight white people to fake people like they didn't even they literally jumped 40 steps to like Thanos. Like, wait, where's the, (laughs) you know what I mean? What to Iron Man. Like they, they didn't even have time to stop for a second and say, what, what does make me feel good is that I do think that, um, 
very recently at least, there have been some strides made and some yeah. stories and, and like Ava DuVernay and all of, you know, these directors who are stepping forward with these amazing documentaries, especially, but, but stories, but I agree. It's, it's still, when they happen, it's still like, wow, like when Moonlight came out and everybody was like, yes, Moonlight or Precious, you know, where it's like, we did it. We did and then it. it. We did it. Here's we Moonlight, it. you we know. Did it. But we did Meanwhile, La La Land, I'm a white person. La La Land had me on Suey Watch. I hated that movie so much. I was like, this. I still haven't seen it to this day. Do me the favor and don't see it. Not for yourself, for me. Because it made me embarrassed to be white. I was like, this cannot. Like, I feel that way about Disney. Disney sometimes makes me embarrassed to be white. I'll say it. Where I'm just like, no, this is not. You know, I feel like I'm an edgy white person, though, because I come from immigrant, an immigrant family who most were killed in the war. Like we have pain in my family. So I'm I'm privileged in the way of having not a lot of privilege of coming from very little, you know, and I but I feel like I can still, you know, whatever. I'm still lucky in that I'm not asked to be sassier in auditions, you know, and that would make me absolutely crazy. I, I yes. And it's happened in a Broadway setting as well. And I'm just like, you already have me screaming at the top of my range and you want me to then act? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm I'm at capacity. Like you're coming in to save the show basically is what it sounds like to me. Like you're being asked to do everything. You want me to be the big black lady to stop this show, but Mm -hmm. you still don't see my value and you're asking more of me? Okay, cool, 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 I see you. That's wild. I'm glad. Thank you for opening up about that because that's like the experience that you have gone through, which so many people, no matter what they do, black people in their workplace have to carry so much more of their weight versus the most average person, you know, it's, it's, but it's like, there's so many layers to it. Like I can't just walk in at four in the morning to work with my hair wet and think that they're going to do it. Mm. I can't do that. I have to sit there and watch a makeup artist meticulously and look at my face so that I don't walk out looking orange or bright red or ashy. Like there are so many things. I can't go to a normal salon. I don't have, we don't have that luxury. Just walk down the street to walk to a salon. Like, can I just have a cut with the glass? Wow. Or can you just like balayage my hair? Don't do that though. That's a favorite of me. Um, I mean, you do what you want, but just don't balayage. It's, yeah, it's not a good look on anybody. Yeah. Those are the things. It's just like, it's, there's so many little things that a lot of people take for granted that a lot Mm. of black people can't do in this life, in this industry and in this world. Um, I, you've done so much. Wait, I want to go back to Glee for a minute because uh, I feel like this is all culminating in a Glee chat. Glee, which I, listen, I love Glee because I am a dumb bitch and I love, (laughs) (laughs) that's it. I love Glee. I'm a dumb bitch. What do you want from me? Um, You know, it was a a fun popcorn candy show that, um, was it like the smartest show on TV? No, but it was fun for the viewer to watch it. And I think that's actually goes for like a lot of Ryan Murphy stuff. By the way, I, I just want him to be my friend so badly that, um, yeah, right? I'm right yeah. to say that. Same, truly. Like, how do we get him to be our friend before I ask you this next question? I have no idea. Next question. <laughs> I got I'm... it. 
I just want, I want to end this interview with you, like with you liking me. I don't want, I don't want you to be like, that was a huge mistake. I should have never sat down. Okay, wait. But obviously there's coming out of the Glee universe, if we're going to call it that, right? Like the Marvel universe, there is so much drama coming out of the show. So much tragedy, obviously. And lately, and I know that you've been kind of tangentially involved with this, um, which, you know, I don't want to like, you know, make it worse. But we've seen, we're talking about bullying. And it sounds to me like there was someone on that show who was outwardly bullying people, specifically for people of color, and who got away with it. And someone who, by the way, was known to be the worst. I'll say, you don't have to say it. I'll say it. Known every story was always bad. I'm not even going to say her name, but we know who I'm talking about. But two questions for you. How frustrating is it for you to work on a set like that? One of the biggest, really the biggest career opportunity at that point in your life that you had had and work with someone who just can get away with that shit. That would make me, and I've worked in writer's rooms like that, by the way, where you've had someone who clearly is horrible. In my case, it was a man, but they get away with it and you feel powerless. So was that very difficult for you? Or were you just kind of like, let me just get through this. It's work and let me make people happy. And how, right? Like how, how hard was that for you to, to work mean, on that kind of when stuff? When you're 18 and you're fresh out of high school, like they, Ryan said, oh, you thought you're going to do this show at the Muni. No, no, you're flying to Los Angeles. Wow. I understand that you just crossed your high school stage and got your diploma. Great. Get here. And you Thank don't know you. anything. Mm-hmm. You're just happy to be in the space. And you know you don't have a place to say anything. And at the end of the day, it's not your show. Right. But don't you think that the people in charge knew? Because my whole thing is they had to have some idea. Why is there nobody reining in a, a, a demon like that? You know what I'm saying? Who Who's clearly creating a bad environment for everybody else on the set. That's what I can't wrap my mind around. I get, at the end of the day, I guess it's care. It's mm. truly just like care. The product was great. Right. And if it's not broken, don't fix it. I mean, we could say the same thing about, um, oh my goodness, why am I blanking? Director of Dream Girls. Director of Dream Girls. Rob Marshall? No. no, it's not Rob Marshall. It's um. Was it Michael Bennett? No. Hold on, hold on, hold on. By the way, my favorite movie. So if you're about to ruin Dream Girls for me, we're gonna have words. But well, I'm talking about like the original OBC. Oh, on Broadway. No, no, no. I was talking about the movie. Hold on. Directed. We can edit all this out. Don't you even stress. Uh-huh. Bill Condon was the movie director. By the way, I'm an idiot. Yes. Yes. Um, yes. yes. Michael Bennett. The okay. <clears throat> contingency that he put Shirley Ralph and Jennifer Holiday through. Like he made those two women hate each other. No, you're kidding. No. I never knew that. And people say that. He, like, I was watching this interview where um, he got Jennifer on opening night, Diamond Tiffany earrings, and got Loretta Devine and Shirley Ralph a brass belt buckle. Uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm dizzy. <laughs> I never, I've never heard that story. Yeah, like oh it was that, and it made the show that much better when you saw these two women pretend to hate each other on stage. Oh. Like at the end of the day, that character on Glee was supposed to be the Broadway girl that not everybody understood and got. That's interesting. You know, you've got such a great 
spirit. I just love you. I'm like, everything you're saying, I'm like, yeah, I would honestly, if you started a religion, you could call me, you could be my, you could be my um, L. Ron Hubbard. I'd be like, well, I'm in a new religion now. So Alex, let's talk about your amazing show. <laughs> Is this, would you rank this on the level of professional interviews you've done top or low? Top. Like, yeah, I love you so much. Listen, you deserve everything in the world. I just want you to know, I really mean that. By the way, are you going to be on Broadway anytime soon? What's with Broadway? Is it coming back? Uh, I have no idea what Broadway is doing. I was supposed to do a Broadway show. Oh, no. Um, like, just step into one during quarantine. <gasps> I call it quarantine because I've been drunk since the beginning of it. But, you know, my um, face, I, I look like, um, who's, I look like, I'm trying to think of like, who's like a football player, Drew Brees, Colin Kaepernick, whatever. My neck from drinking, I want you to look at this. People can, I saw a picture of myself. I'm like doing, look at this. This is a tree stump, babe. And this jaw, it. it does not taper in. It's straight um, Easter Island. I have to make sure that all of the windows are open so that light just shadows where I've contoured. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm truly, wait, let's do our skinny neck. This is every Instagram picture of me. I don't have one. Yes, you do. Stop. It's right. I'm looking at it. You got a beautiful neck. I think you look great but you don't want to hear from me. So much. Wait, also, what show were you stepping into? My barber as soon as he cuts my hair. Because the hair thing. That's a service. That's Do you know that service. I went to Sephora? Can I tell you something? So I actually went to a Sephora yesterday. How was like that? In the store. Okay. Uh, it wasn't great. They have a rule now. Well, first of all, no testers, which is like, well, why that would I even... That should have been a rule. <laughs> I like the testers. I would go in. I mean, I get why they don't have them now, but I would go into like the Soho, the Sephora and Soho and take a like $75 palette, take a tissue tester, scrape half of it in the garbage. Like literally I'd be like, okay, get rid of all these other germs, bacteria, and then just do my whole face. I mean, I would throw so much makeup out. Yeah. But I spent but so like, much money there. I would yeah. go into a Sephora and see women like grab a lipstick, open it up and put it directly no. in their lips, close it and put it back. And I'm just like, no. How am I here? That's that's how Corona started. Yeah, Women yeah. opening up the Sephora lipsticks and putting them on. That's how that shit spreads. And they were Trump supporters, so. By the way, for sure. Only like, a Trump supporter would do that shit. Only, only a Trump a Karen. Supporter. Only a Karen. Those fucking Karens. Let me tell you something. I can't. I can't. I saw one this morning. of, And they all have like, why do they all own poodles? They all have like, they all have unkempt dogs. Every Matt Karen... Is- dogs just mad at that poor baby all karens have dogs that have like the red by the eyes you know what i'm talking about when dogs get the red here because they've been crying <laughs> dogs now those dogs aren't racist they didn't know what the hell they were involved in you know what i'm talking about when they get the red gunk yeah. Ooh, lord do i hate dogs that have red gunk in the eyes not red oh my dog is my dog's not even here right now. Where is he? My dog is in Massachusetts with Brenda. Oh, I love Brenda. I wish Brenda could Skype in with us right now. That'd be fun. It'd be a 30 minute just trying to figure out. how. <laughs> we win an Obie award. People are like, when she, when Brenda Whitaker, I'm like, first question, who's Mr. Whitaker? I gotta know. You never I asked her about know, it. But like, I always say that Forrest Whitaker is my long lost cousin. I once sat next to Forrest Whitaker on a flight. I have almost 100% told the story in the podcast before, but I'm going to retell it to you. And he, I was so excited. I'm like, oh my God, I'm sitting next to the King of Scotland. Hello, the crying game. He's been in like all my favorite movies. Yeah. And he had like 16 cell phones and he kept trying to get Riza from Wu-Tang on the line with all his different phones. I'm not making this story up. He'd be like, 
hey, uh, it's Forrest Teresa. Forrest, let me, I'm going to call him back in the other line. And he would take a different phone and try it. And he could not get Riz on the phone. So then we took off. This is my favorite story. We took off and we're in the air. And he was very lovely. Handsome looking, by the way. He's gorgeous, actually. He's like strapping and good looking. And uh, they brought, we were in first class, not to brag. I use Miles. And they brought the ice cream around. And so he goes, um, can, I, uh, can I get some warm nuts on my ice cream? And you know, they serve in first class. They give almonds and stuff. Yeah. He goes, can I get some warm nuts? And the stewardess said, I'm so sorry, Mr. Whitaker. We don't have any nuts. We just don't have any for you. But I had leftover almonds from the initial scooping that they give you, you know? Yeah. So I turned to him. I'm drunk, by the way. I turned to him. My lips are tucked all the way into my gums. I'm full fire marshal bill. And I go, you can have my nuts, Forrest. May I drop dead? And he said, uh, uh, no, that's okay. Thank you. <laughs> he wanted nothing to do with me, rightfully so. Two years later, I'm at some movie premiere with an after party, very chic and like a penthouse. I am in an elevator, pre-coronavirus, nose to nose with Forrest Whitaker. I'm drunk. Again, I go, Mr. Whitaker, hi. I go, you don't, you won't remember me, but I one time offered you my nuts on a flight. This man, the doors could not open soon enough. It was like a Marx Brothers movie. He was the baseball bat. The bat. He flew out of that elevator so quick. He wanted nothing to do with me. But you know what? I think I made an impression, Alex. And that's what it it's did. all about it with did. your dad. He tells a story to Keisha, his wife. Oh, a killer. I, I would... <laughs> I love Forrest. He's got, you know, he's just got that quiet, cool. I love that. Yes. Ooh. Mm. What's your type? What do you like? Rich. God. Are you my mother's child? Yes. But let me ask you this. How come I only date poor people then? What's that about? Same. Why are we like that? I don't know. I really don't know. I guess the gravitational pull. Like I think we're good people. I actually I, think I, it's because I, I we're good. This. No, we're good. No, I think we're good so we don't look at money. All right. He is... <laughs> And then we're going to cut yeah. that out in post. Um, <laughs> wait, can I ask you this? What Broadway show are you going to be on? I can't say. Oh, no. Was, was it one? Wait, yeah. say it again. There was the first time that a show has been like, I got an offer and they were just like, how much do you want to be paid? Wow. Wait, can I ask you this? Was it a show that's already on or was it a new show? Yeah, it was a show that was on. It was just like a step in. Were you asked to be Big Mama Morton in Chicago? I can't confirm. Nor can Am I. I right? If I'm right, I'm literally going to shit live on the podcast. I'm shitting because you singing got a little problem <laughs> always sees me through. It would be one. Alicia Leak singing it on the View. Wait, who sang it? Nini. Yeah. Nini Leaks on the View. Are you a big View person? Did you watch the View? I did. That's why I'm obsessed with you. Is that why you know me though? How funny that I was on that show. Now that you see what an idiot I am, isn't that funny that they like even hired me to begin with? I'm always like, okay, I'll do it. I mean, I'm not going to say no to Whoopi, but no one ever does. But like, no, you're phenomenal. Oh I was God. very butthurt when you weren't on the next season. You should have been. I like was like, but so good. I know. I just love you so much. You are an angel. Come on, you're a Leo born August twentieth. You're a cusper into yeah. what is it, Virgo or Libra? Virgo. Virgo. You're cuspies. Sorry, cuspies. Oh my God. My birthday is on Thursday. I'm oh a my cancer. Goodness. Thank you. you. My age. So it's like 22. 
Well, I do have my Zoom filter on, but I'm turning 39 years old. Shut up. Do I not look younger? You look so much younger. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's so nice. I feel old. My my everyone's always like, what's your secret? And I'm like, well, from the neck down, I'm like 56. But then from the neck up, that's like God's devil's deal with me, where it's like, we're gonna age you from the neck down and then keep you looking tight where it matters. Um I went there before you even opened your mouth. You heard what I said. Yeah, I did. I listen, I'm not afraid of anything. I don't care. Come for me. I don't mind. You are on Zoe's extraordinary playlist. Yes. Do you know that I auditioned for the show? Because did you? I did, to play the boss that I think went to Lauren Graham. Oh, Joan. Joan. And I sang my little heart out in that interview. And that, that audition, I sang so loud that when I walked out, the other people sitting in the waiting room had like um, Encino Man hair. They all looked wild. And they all looked at me as though I was out of my mind. But how was that audition for you? Must have been so fun. Um, I... Back and better right, fucked it up. Um, I went in and I sang uh, "My Man," uh, Fanny Bryce. Oh my gosh! And I quite literally forgot the lyrics while singing. <gasps> and I said, "But I know this song. I chose this song because it was the easiest song because I know it." <laughs> and they were like, "We got it. We got it." <laughs> We found it. And then the thing is, Robert Ulrich, who was the cast director for Glee, was the cast director for this project. Yes. And so they sent me straight to test for this project. And he was like, we just want to stick around because we want you to um, maybe sing the song again since you messed up. That's it. I didn't book it. That hurt. <laughs> By the way, he's such a nice guy. We had the best time. I was there. When I go in for auditions, I actually got would get in trouble from my agent because... Um, I used to, I'm not a good actress. Like I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm feeling, but I just get a little, cause I never memorize the lines. So I always come in and I'm like shuffling the papers. Like, I don't know what I'm, what I'm doing, but I used to end all of my auditions going, thank you so much. Don't hire me. Do me, do me the favor. Don't hire me. And my agent called me. <laughs> he was like, Hey, uh, as a favor, can you stop telling them not to hire you when you walk out of the room? And I said, I know what you're saying, but I enjoyed it. What is it like being on that show? Because that, first of all, I love that um, your character arc on it is so beautiful. And it's really, um, it's just really emotional. And, and I want you to tell people exactly what, you know, uh, Mo, your character is kind of going through throughout the show. And also the concept of the show, which is so interesting for those who haven't watched, people love Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. It's yeah. a great show. Well, people thought that it was just going to be like this kitschy, bubblegum pop thing that was just like everybody was bursting out in the song for no reason. Yeah. But it's really, the songs are an emotional tool and it's used to start conversation. Like Zoe's power is to hear your heart sing, not mm. just a song that's on your mind. Um, and with that, the song haunts her until she asks you about it or around it or helps you in some way. And you know, for my character, it was um, this person who has this strong faith and this belief. It's basically, the role's basically written for me. They yeah. made it for somebody else. And then I walked in the room and they were like, oh my God, so much better. And I was just like, thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> and, thank you. 
that's, that's my impression of like a dumb like sorority duck like <laughs> um but um just like being female representing and not conforming to any gender or just living and being and yeah. kind of being judged for that at church and you think that Zoe her power is to help somebody and all of that and it was like I remember the question was do you think this is very white savory and I was just like mm. no because you went out of your way and in a weird way Mo ends up helping Zoe through all of that in a strange way but being on the show it's so fun yeah of course it's so heartful and you know spoiler when the father dies and reflecting on like all the family around that a child Mm. losing their parent or a son who is having a son and losing his father or a wife losing her partner and what that looks like after and having this rare disease and watching the person you love deteriorate in front of you. Mm. I can always go back to like my mom and my father having cancer and like watching her lose the love of her life in a way. And you really grab hold to a lot of these themes that we pick on. And it's fun a lot of the time. Like there's so many lighthearted things, but then when it's hard, it's hard. That's life. I mean, really. In a nutshell, um, it was so nice to hear you talk about that just now. I just realized I'm like, if I need to find a partner before I'm taken, <laughs> I'm like, I have to have someone mourn me. Like, if nobody mourns me, I that's will so- mourn you. Oh my god, you'll mourn me. I'll come sing. I'll throw the dove. Whatever you want. Throw the dove directly into the casket. I'm gonna have. I want it to be. So- <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, I don't know what I want. Release like a bunch of feral cats. I don't know what I want at my thing. I just, I want it to be like cute. I love raccoons. Ooh, we could get some raccoons involved. I love that. I saw a dead raccoon this weekend on the road and I, I was depressed the whole day. It looked like it got scared to death. It was just on its side, little hands out. I was like, what a little baby. It probably just died. I think it just died of old age, but right on the side of the road. Come on. Um, and I know that episode four, uh, which is um, Zoe's Extraordinary Neighbor, this is like your episode, yeah. right, Alex? Like, uh, and I know it's based on your own life, your own identity, your faith. Um, how was it like, is it easier for you to act in an episode that is so close, closely mimicking your own life? Or is it more difficult because you have to really step into your own things? It is. It's so harder. It's so much harder to be yourself Mm. because we all have our own emotional walls and we don't really want to go there and let that vulnerability show out. We'd rather just keep hiding it and hiding it and hiding it. And a lot of the times as an actor, when you're playing yourself, you only go so far. You never really truly always go there. That's why it's always so much better when somebody else is playing you right. at the end of the day because they'll That's take funny. the risk to go all the way there. And sometimes you do have to go all the way there, especially if you're passionate about it. Yeah, you're, you're, you're wonderful on it. Um, I want you to win all the awards. How can I help you do that? I, no I want you to win things. I have no idea. How do I do that for you? Tweet it? Instagram? Yeah. I guess Instagram tweeted for your considerations. I see people posting those. 
I think you need to really, we need to have like an internet movement for you. How do we do that? I have to think about this because you deserve it. It's not just like a stunt, but I just feel like the world, they know already, but they need to know more if you had a statue, you know? Thank you. I have a place for all of my statues, even though I like dusted off my mantle for my Tony award that never happened. Oh, I'm going to send you something from my home. I, I, I don't know what it's going to be, but it's going to go where the Tony is supposed to go. <laughs> Let me think of, I have so much, I have like a rubber duck that looks like Frida Kahlo. I have so much shit in here. Lovely. What can I send you? Uh, I can bring it to you. I can literally walk to your house. I'm like that close. You don't know, I don't want to say where I live because I'm weird about it, but I'm, I'm truly down the street from you. So can we- and I have a roof. Would you come hang out on my roof with me? I'm oh calling it free. I have so many terrace, either or. Okay. Oh my God. Terrace Exchange. We should have a, an internet show called Terrace House. Yes. Not the Netflix one. Us. Yes. Truly. Like I can be like, we can have morning coffee on my back terrace and then lunch on the front terrace. Yes. And then you can come to my roof where I recently um, gave myself third degree burns and you can meet all the wasps that live up there. It's so fun. Danger. It's tough. Um, I, I, you'll, you'll love it. I have chaises. I have so much white claw here. You know. Oh my God. I'm a good whispering angel. This is actually going to happen. I know the listener thinks that I'm bullshitting. Like in Hollywood, we're like, yeah, I'll see you. Like invite Ryan as I live and breathe. Invite Ryan. Um, we need to really befriend that Ryan Murphy. I got to figure that out. Uh, you have the in. I'm basically going to. No, no, no. Because I always have to email his assistant to get the email to him. That's not true, is it? Yeah. Uh-uh. No, we're going to work on that. Actually, give me the assistant's email. This is how I got it. He needs to. He needs to like do something for you. Look at my face. I'm mad at him. This is anger. We're zooming for those listening. Um, Alex Newell, you genuinely could not be funnier, more gorgeous, more talented, just uh, truly light on this earth that is so needed right now. I really mean it. I'm, I'm so, uh, I'm really flattered that like we know each other. It makes me yes. feel good about me. I'm obsessed with you. Um, we're going to, Drink a case of Whispering Angel, Ugh. and I'll bring food because I'm a really good cook. Because my mother said I refuse for you to marry some heifer that doesn't know how to cook. Um, are you on the apps, by the way? I was asked. No, I'm not. I'm on Tinder, but like yeah, I, Tinder's like, good. You know that TikTok thing? Please don't be ugly. Please don't be ugly. Please don't be ugly. When you get a match notification, yeah, that's me. Yes, but wait, are you on Tinder? Because I always tell people you have to pay for Tinder so that you're hidden. You know about that? No. <gasps> 20 bucks a month, you hide your profile and the only guys that see you are guys that you've liked. You're welcome. And that is my gift to Alex Newell. Follow uh, Alex on Instagram and on Twitter at the Alex Newell. Uh, genuinely, a talent like this is so rare and just, I'm, I'm so over the moon for you. And please nominate him. Don't consider him. Consider is a bullshit word. For your mantle. That's what it's good. For your mantelpiece. For your mantelpiece. Um, uh, you need to win an Emmy. Something's got to happen. I'm, I'm like, I'm going to start the campaign for you. That's it. That's my thing. I'm going to do that. And there we are. Um, watch Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. Uh, you're just so wonderful on it. And I know that episode four in particular is like your episode. So if you're really going to start with it. Start with that one. I, start with episode. I'm serious. Start with episode four. You can watch it on Peacock, which is NBC streaming app, uh, the NBC app. Hulu. And, um, uh, I'm, I'm messaging you like literally in two minutes to tell you where I live and when we're hanging. Yes. Can't wait. I just adore you, Alex. Thank you so much for doing the show. Stop it. Thank you for having me. No, stop. You're making me feel crazy. Stop.
All right. I'm messaging you in three minutes. Guys, this has been such a fun show today. Thank you for listening to Midnight Snack with me, Michelle Collins. Follow me online at Mishcall if you like. I'm posting a lot of um, extremely unrealistic pictures of me lately. Just super necky, like a lot of neck. And I'm telling you, Alex can vouch. I'm giving a little neck right now. Like a whole lot of neck. No, when I do this, that's every picture. Are you ready? You want to see the difference? This is every picture. And then real life, it's like, look at that. It's a, it's a try. I love you. All right. We're going to see you next week, guys. Thank you for being with us. Bye. Forever. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram, at Forever Dog Team, and liking our page on Facebook. 